Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Rock flag and eagle. All right, welcome everybody back to another edition of Chair Gating, your NASCAR podcast for Belly Up Sports. I'm your host, Rattlesnake, coming at you live once again from Austin, Texas. And this episode is the championship weekend episode. Uh, I was a little late to post something this week. I've been busy with um, being sick. I've got mono, so that's a lot of fun. Instead of recording a podcast, I just like pass out and fall asleep. So it's a it's been a really enjoyable thing um, to deal with right now. So uh, I, um, I had to upload something today. I just had to talk about it. It's the championship weekend for NASCAR. We just watched the uh, truck race last night. Uh, real late race. We weren't sure if we were going to get a chance to watch it just because of the rain. And it was... <laughs> An interesting race, a lot to talk about there, but I also wanted to talk about the Xfinity race uh, that's today, and then the Cup Championship tomorrow with just some predictions, some picks, things like that, and then also I know everybody else um, that's on the Belly Up Racing team right now is busy putting out as much content as possible, so everybody go over to YouTube and check out Burnt Rubber Racing Network. Uh, that's where everybody that collabs and works with Belly Up Sports on the racing team, we're all just putting up videos on that, talking about everything going on in NASCAR. Not to mention, check out BellyUpSports.com under the racing tab. We're producing a lot of content right now just because there's so much to talk about. Uh, so definitely recommend going and checking all that out. Before I dive into this, uh, just a quick, quick video, um, I have to apologize a real heartfelt apology because I have lied to my audience 
I, I, I lied, and I'm really sorry, and it's unfortunate that I have to um, start a podcast out apologizing, but it's, it's just a really important thing that I think I need to address uh, before I move on. Um, last week in my episode, I said that I would not be trying the Popeye's chicken sandwich for a long time, and I tried it that night that very night. So, uh, sincere heartfelt apology to all my fans for lying to you. I tried the chicken sandwich, even though I said I wouldn't. To be fair, in all fairness to me, who's most important here in this situation, um, while I was recording, my wife got home with dinner. So when I got done recording, I step out of the room and she greets me with the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, like, I finally waited and we got it, so let's sit down and try this. And I was like, you have no idea what I just said on the podcast, saying that I'm never trying this chicken sandwich, essentially. So, I tried the chicken sandwich, alright? Alright, I tried the damn chicken sandwich, okay? And my wife didn't have to fight anybody in Popeyes to get it either. At least not that I know of. She's uh, she's pretty scrappy. She's small, but she's scrappy. She's like five foot, but you you know you don't you can't ever uh, turn your back on her. So my take on the chicken sandwich, and I guess this should go out to uh, my boy Jacob that you know originally asked me um, to review the chicken sandwich like a long time ago, and I always said that I wasn't going to. This is for you, Jacob. Um, the chicken sandwich is good. And I, I, it's unfortunate that I have to admit that because trust me, um, I don't want to have to admit that because I've been talking so much shit about it. But I mean, I gotta be honest, it was a pretty damn good chicken sandwich. Uh, the bun was good. The chicken was good. I got the spicy and it actually had some kick to it. Um, whereas the spicy chicken sandwich from... Uh, Chick-fil-A, it really isn't spicy. I don't know why they call it a spicy chicken sandwich. That's never really made sense to me. This one actually had a kick to it, so it was nice. Um, I'm still team Chick-fil-A. It's not better than Chick-fil-A. I don't know why they've been coming at Chick-fil-A about this. But uh, for a fast food chicken sandwich, I mean, it's good. It's good, and I, and I hate to have to admit it. Uh, but... I was wrong. It, 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 okay, it doesn't live up to the hype that it's earned for whatever reason. I think just because of memes and social media. <laughs> but it's good. Um, yeah, I would recommend uh, if you get a chance to check it out, don't go shoot somebody for it. Probably not worth that. Probably. But I was wrong. And uh, once again, I apologize. So with that out of the way. Let's talk NASCAR. The truck race was last night, and it was definitely an interesting race because it was the championship race, and <laughs> um, we'll just start out by saying the winner was Austin Hill. Uh, he, he won the race, so congratulations to him. And then the second place driver was the championship winner, Matt Crafton. And the reason that this is so interesting is because he didn't win a race all season. And people are up in arms about this. Uh, everyone's very, very frustrated, it seems. Uh, there's kind of two sides to this, online at least, as it always is with NASCAR. Um, 
there's always the quick reaction of the the really pissed off angry fan base the ones that say this can't happen this is absurd i got to put my foot down and then there's always the reactionary to the reaction group that says okay you're overreacting this is actually a great thing and here's why i don't know why nascar fans really like to be polarized and if i come out and i'm usually a very polarizing guy uh, but if i come out and I try to have some kind of like neutral stance, it's just weak, I feel like. People don't want to hear it. They're like, oh, that's boring. That's just a weak take. That's too neutral. I need something more polarizing. So, uh, I mean, maybe I should come out and just say Matt Crafton deserves the death penalty for this. So, that's my new stance. I think Crafton actually deserves the death penalty. I think people aren't going far enough. Uh, I think his life should be ended because of this. Um, because he didn't win a race... He didn't deserve to win a championship. And at this point, does he deserve a life? I mean, I don't think so. So, I mean, you know, it, it sucks that a guy that didn't win a single race all season actually wins the championship. Um, but that's the system we have. Because, you know, people wanted more excitement. People wanted to be invested in the very last race of the season. Um, any other kind of championship format for racing. There's no playoffs or anything like that. So, you know, because it's America, we need playoffs to get people interested. And, you know, that, I mean, it's fine. That's That does make things interesting. So that's what we have right now in racing. In NASCAR, we have playoffs. And I don't know. It, there, it's... It's like, yeah, maybe there is a better way to fix this. Maybe you could change it a little bit. Or maybe he just worked the system. I mean, it's pretty unlikely, if you look at it, to win a championship without winning a single race all season. I saw a lot of people online saying, this is this will soon happen in the Cup Series. Um, and I'm, I just doubt it. I feel like this is kind of unlikely. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I understand both arguments. And that's why, like I said, it's boring if I say stay neutral. Because I do understand both arguments. I understand the people frustrated that a guy that didn't win a single race is now the season champion. Um, he, he didn't win a single race. Not even the last race. It's not like he didn't win a regular season race. No, he never won a race all, all season. And now he's the champion. But at the same time... If he got that far, and he made it that far, clearly he was clutch. And people were like, oh, you know, he wasn't as consistent as people are making him seem. He didn't have a top five finish for months. Um, and, yeah, good point. But the thing is, when it came down to it, he was clutch in every situation. He just beat out the other guys he had to beat out. Um, if he had, if he would have had to won that race to be the champion... Would he have drove differently? I say yes. I say yes. Uh, he came in second knowing that all he had to do to win the championship was to beat out, you know, Ross Chastain who came in fourth. Right? That's the next guy that he would have had to have beaten out to win the championship. And he knew that in his head. Even if it's, like, subconscious. Even if he's looking at Austin Hill and going, man, I'd love to win. But subconsciously, he's thinking, 
but I shouldn't push this too hard because I got a pretty big gap between me and the next guy that could possibly win this championship. And if I push myself a little too hard, I could not only not win this race, but not win the championship. And that would be really, you know, unfortunate for the last race of the season. So I think, you know, you change the system and people change. But right now you have a system where it is technically possible to not win a single race and win a championship. And it sounds very strange. And like I said, if somebody can come up with a better solution, um, I'm on board. I think everybody would be on board. But I think a lot of people, um, you know, on Crafton's side, I guess, in this argument, their point is kind of like, yeah, but like this is just the system we have. And unfortunately, uh, occasionally somebody can outsmart it. So like I said, if people want to claim Crafton's a phony, Crafton's not a real champion, you know, by all means, you have every right to think that. Um, I just think he took advantage of a system that allowed him to do the, these things. So, you know, that that's 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 Matt Crafton. That's the truck series. Uh, coming in third was Christian Eckes, my boy, my best friend, uh, as he's known on the podcast. Uh, my 19-year-old best friend. Uh, Christian Eckes, uh, reoccurring guest on the podcast. The most reoccurring guest on the podcast, actually. And he came in third. He has now uh, confirmed, he was texting me about it as well. Uh, it's confirmed that he is going to be driving full-time for um, KBM next season in the number 18 truck instead of um, you know doing it part-time and then running ARCA full-time as well. You know, he wins an ARCA championship this season. And then, you know, a couple weeks later in the truck series, he gets third and wins the owner's championship uh, for the truck series. So really, really cool for Christian Eckes. We're definitely going to have to have him back on the show, especially in this offseason, just to hear how everything's going with Kyle Busch and, um, you know, what he's doing there. Because uh, Eckes is, like I said, when he first came on the show, that's a guy that we're going to want to follow because I think everybody can see um, he definitely has a bright future in this sport. And it was really cool to watch him, you know, lead the race for a while. And, you know, he, he was on older tires and he was outrunning everybody for a while. So the dude knows how to drive. We're really excited here at Chairgate and at Belly Up Sports to, um, you know, have some type of relationship with him. So, you know, good job for him. And that's the truck series. Uh, that's <laughs> that's uh, your champion, Matt Crafton. Not my champion. Not my truck series champion. So, moving on. um, The Xfinity race. We got the Xfinity championship tonight, everyone. Uh, And I hate to say it, but the Xfinity championship is the most exciting storyline in NASCAR right now. uh, In my opinion. So, the race actually starts in about an hour and a half from when I'm recording this. So, I'm not going to be able to edit this show. I'm just going to have to... Uh, copy, paste, publish, you know, upload, and hope people listen because I'm going to be talking about this for a little bit, and I just hope I upload this before the race ends, and uh, you know, I make my predictions, and everyone's like, "Wow, what a fucking idiot! Did he not watch the race?" So this is, like I said, I think the most exciting storyline. We got uh, Justin Allgaier, Chris, uh, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, and Cole Custer. And these are all extremely talented drivers, and 
drivers that people have been watching, you know, for for a little bit now that um, everyone's kind of excited to watch. Uh, Tyler Reddick has the pole, and Cole Custer's right behind him. So that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, Bell's down in seventh, and Allgaier's down in sixteenth. Uh, personally, I think Reddick's going to take it. I think Reddick's going to take it. I think a lot of people would argue uh, that Cole Custer will take it. I'm honestly, even Bell. I mean, I mean, they're all just really good drivers. I think Reddick's going to take it. I think he's a champion. Um, and I, I don't know. I was about to say I think he's the most talented of, of the three. Um, you know, because, sorry, Alcair, I'm, I'm kind of talking about the other three. And Alcair might win this, too. I'm not saying he won't. I, I, I'm just... In a minute, I'm going to talk about the driving changes for 2020, and that's why I'm talking about these guys. But they're all very talented, and it's going to be a really exciting race to watch. But I guess the most important storyline, the the most interesting part about all of this, is that those three guys are now going into Cup Series rides full-time in 2020 next season. So we have Cole Custer, who's replacing Daniel Suarez in the 41 for Stuart Haas Racing. We have Tyler Reddick, who's replacing Daniel Hemrick in the number 8 for RCR. And we have Bell replacing Matt Benedetto in Levine Family Racing's 95. And this is, I mean, this is going to be fun to watch in 2020. Um, I, I wrote an article on Belly Up Sports very, a couple days ago uh, titled 2019 NASCAR Rookie of the Year Battle is the worst we've seen since last year. And I was just kind of making fun of the fact that this Rookie of the Year battle is terrible. Daniel Hemrick, when I broke down their st- their stats, their season-long stats, obviously not including the race for tomorrow because that would be impossible. But I um, broke down their season-long stats, and technically Daniel Hemrick right now um, is slightly better. He has slightly higher average finishes. He has... Um, uh, you know, more laps led, and he's one spot ahead in the NASCAR ranking. So, technically, Daniel Hemrick should be our Rookie of the Year, but how how perfect of a representation would it be for NASCAR to award the Cup Series Rookie of the Year award to a guy that already lost his Cup Series spot and is dropping back down to Xfinity next season? And... I mean, this sounds awful, because I do like Daniel Hemrick, and I've talked him up quite a bit, and I like RCR, but, like, this sounds messed up, but, like, thank God Daniel Hemrick is going back down to the X-Mini series, because I want some more talent down there. I think um, now Swords is going to be down there. Like, I, I, I want something a little bit down there, because now we're losing the top three guys, arguably, from the Xfinity series, um, and they've made it really interesting this this season. So without them, I need some more life. So Hemrick going back down there, Suarez going back down there. They were both really good Xfinity Series uh, drivers. Um, I know I, I, Hemrick didn't win an Xfinity race, but the guy was in the championship four, kind of like Crafton, I guess. He, he you know he played his cards right. Uh, he got good finishes, stuff like that. Uh, he knows how to drive. And Suarez is great, so those two down there will make it more fun. But, man, this Rookie of the Year battle this year has just been awful. Because, what, they're going to give it to Ryan Priest? I mean, just because he's keeping his ride, I imagine, right? They have to. Uh, average start for Ryan Priest um, was 24.3, 
Average finish was 23, so slightly better. Good for him. Um, top 5's 1. Top 10's 3. Zero pole. Ranked 26. And has only led one lap all season. I mean, that is so boring. That is terrible. And like I said in the title of this, it's the worst rookie of the class, uh, rookie of the year class we've had since last year. I mean, do you remember last year's rookie of the year battle? William Byron versus Bubble Wallace. Oh my god, that was the most boring thing. Those two, you know, never did anything. They led a couple laps here and there. And then Bubble Wallace at the Daytona 500 got second. Um, so, you know, they, they showed some signs of life, but it was just boring. None of them, neither of them ever competed for anything, really, other than that, you know, Daytona 500 uh, second place finish. But let's be real, it's the Daytona 500. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're... Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Um... But it was just a boring season for those for the rookie drivers and that. The only, uh, I guess, benefit from that uh, rookie of the year battle was that they're both in very iconic cars, and they kind of had cool uh, backstories or uh, their characteristics. For instance, William Byron uh, had a you know interesting story. He was a very young guy. He looked very young. You know, he looks like your little brother, your you know teenage little brother. And he was uh, an iRacing gamer, like a video gamer for, um, for you know, NASCAR video games. And then he transitioned into an actual NASCAR driver. I mean, that's the perfect representation of the, the millennial youth. Um, in fact, I don't think he's even a millennial. I'm pretty sure he's a Gen Z or whatever they're called. But you know what I mean. They call everybody either a boomer or a millennial. So he was like the perfect representation of the millennial youth coming up in video games and joining the series and competing against these, you know, quote-unquote boomers um, that have been, you know, racing at the dirt tracks since they were kids and stuff like that. So that was kind of a cool story, and he was in the 24, um, and everybody was excited to see that. And then Bubba Wallace, you know, first full-time black NASCAR driver, uh, really charismatic, really likable, uh, you know, talks a lot. Um, fun on in interviews, and then he's in the forty three with Richard Petty. You know, so it was just like these two iconic cars. They both sucked. Don't get me wrong, but it was at least like this. They had some kind of storyline there. Um, Daniel Hemrick and Ryan Priest. Somebody tell me what either of those two sound like when they talk, because I don't think anybody knows who are they. Um, unless you like purposely try to keep up with them. So this next year, twenty twenty, like I said, it's going to be a lot more fun. Uh, all three, 
Custer, Reddick, and Bell are very, very talented drivers. They've proven that they're talented drivers. Um, you know, coming up through the ranks, you know, Reddick's proven it even in the Cup Series uh, and some of the opportunities that he's had. Um, in well, yeah, he was running the 31 for RCR in those. So, you know, like I said, I, I want to say Reddick is the best out of the three. That's just my personal opinion. I could be totally wrong. Um, and sound like it just complete jackass right now, but that's m- my opinion. Um, the problem is the number eight we've seen is not the equipment to get put in to put yourself in a winning situation. And I think you know Austin Dillon suffers from the same uh, problems. And I'm hoping now with the new crew chief coming into 2020, Austin Dillon might be uh, in a better position um, because we have seen Austin Dillon do well. People will talk shit, but we have seen him do well. And I'm just hoping maybe RCR steps it up next year. I say that every fucking year. I sound like a broken record by now. But it'd be fun to see Tyler Reddick do well in that eight. Like I said, he did well in the 31, uh, which was an unwinnable car, and he did well in that. So we'll see. Maybe Tyler Reddick will impress everybody right away. Uh, You know, Bell coming into... into Levine Family Racing's 95. That's an interesting one because that that equipment has shown signs of life as well. So we'll see what happens there. That one's just kind of up in the air in my opinion. I think out of those two, I might give it slightly to Reddick, but I mean, this is a tough one to predict. But I think you gotta gotta have to go with uh, Custer on this one simply because he's gonna be in the best equipment. I mean, that 41 car is a really good car. It's, you know, unfortunately for Soros, it's the reason that he's not in the Cup Series anymore. I think it's because everybody knows how good of a car that actually is, and he couldn't really ever do anything with it. But the Custer's in great equipment. I mean, we're looking at, you know, the battle for the Rookie of the Year award. I'm already going to give the slight hand to Custer just because of what he's going to be driving. So... Very excited to see that play out. Like I said, I think I'm going to go with Reddick um, for for my pick for the Xfinity Championship. I think he's going to take back-to-back uh, championships in 18 and 19. And we'll see. Who knows? Maybe he'll just keep rolling and take like the Rookie of the Year award in 2020. And it's going to be these three same guys always competing because these are the three same drivers that competed for in the championship four with Daniel Hemrick as well um, last year in the Xfinity Series. So, I mean, these three guys, it would be so fun to watch them kind of move up the ranks together and just constantly have to compete against each other because they're all very talented. Uh, and like I said, that's the most exciting storyline right now in NASCAR, in my opinion, because moving on to the Cup Series championship, um, could you have a more boring Cup Series championship setup? I mean, honestly, it, it's just like, not, not to mention that it's just old, but it's the same guys over and over. Here's the 2017 NASCAR uh, Cup Series uh, Championship 4. Brad Keselowski, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and Kevin Harvick. 2018, last year, everybody remembers this one. Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and Kevin Harvick. Okay, starting to see a bit of a pattern here. And what do we have this year? Denny Hamlin. Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and Kevin Harvick. I mean, it's just boring. It's just, it's unfortunate, and it's boring. At least you know 
NASCAR's not rigging the race, right? I mean, that's something that I feel like people have said. Hopefully, ironically, but sometimes you can't tell. And people will be like, oh, you know, NASCAR's just making sure they get their drivers in. Look, I can tell you this much. NASCAR doesn't want to have to have three years in a row of the same three drivers out of the four for the championship race. Nobody wants to see that. And um, it's just boring. You know, the average age for the past three uh, championship fours, um, you know, between all all the drivers and everything, the average is 36 and a half. 36 and a half. You know, that's that it's that's nobody young coming in. You know, Joey Logano, yes, last year. I understand. He but he was the only young one. Um and and people want NASCAR to get younger, more youthful. Uh when are, why are these vets always winning so much? I don't know, maybe because like who are the good young drivers coming up? You know, we got we have a couple that we're like hopeful for, but who knows? We'll see. And this kind of goes back to my uh, what I was saying just a minute ago. I'm hoping that these three coming out of the Xfinity Series right now might be those guys for us that we can kind of look for in the future. We'll see. Obviously, it's a little early. Pretty uh, speculative of me to even you know start saying stuff like that. That's just I would be excited to see something like that. So uh, we have the championship race. Tomorrow night, very excited. Uh, and then after the race, I think a bunch of us from Belly Up Racing are going to hop on and do, I don't know if it's going to be a live stream or we're just going to like, you know, publish whatever, you know, we ever, whatever we record. I don't know. I'm not huge on the YouTube thing, but we are going to put up a YouTube video, just kind of like a 30 minute recap of the race. So tomorrow night after the race, everybody get, uh, you know, look out for that because That'll be pretty fun. It's going to be probably like three or four of us just kind of sitting around talking about the race. And, yeah, it's great. We got a lot of great guys at Belly Up Sports that comment on stuff like this. Um, You know, it's not just me that you have to listen to anymore, uh, unfortunately for you. But championship race tomorrow night. Very excited. I'm thinking I'm going to go with Daniel... um, I was about to say Daniel Hummer. I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. A couple reasons here. A couple reasons. And it's all just personal. None of it's like, oh, well, uh, based on how he runs at this track. No. No. None of that shit. If you want, like, a real prediction, go listen to somebody else. Because uh, I'm not smart enough, and I'm not going to take the time to find out that information for you. What I'm going to do is tell you what I think. And what I think is Denny Hamlin's going to win the championship. And here's why. Number one, the dude is, you know, one of the top drivers in NASCAR for this decade. Uh, You know, one of the most winningest NASCAR drivers currently still driving. The guy's a legend, you know. And maybe I should use that lightly. I don't know. We'll see. But he needs to solidify himself in NASCAR with the championship, I think, because... Without the championship, he'll just kind of be remembered a little bit. People will be like, oh, yeah, you know, 20 years, 30 years. People will be like, oh, yeah, you know, real fans will be like, you know, Denny Hamlin, man, FedEx. I loved that car. Like, that guy was awesome. Um, But without, you know, that's just without the championship. With the championship, people will remember him for sure. 
uh, he'll be remembered, and it's what he deserves because although he's definitely on the back end of his career, you know, he's getting older now. What is he, like 38, I think? I don't know. Um, he's getting older. He, he's probably going to be like a Jimmy Johnson, though, because the guy doesn't look old at all. I don't know. He could probably drive as long as he wants at this point. He's in better shape than I am. He looks younger than I am, and I'm half his age. So, okay, maybe not half his age. <laughs> I'm only like 10 years younger than him. But um, I also think this is his year. You know, He's done very well in the past, and he's had great seasons. But this is his best season. This is his year. It's his time to earn that championship. Um, and so it would be great to see him kind of finally solidify himself in NASCAR and just, um, you know, end this season the way he should end it. Uh, that being said, um, I could I could see any one of these guys. I mean, how many times are some of these guys going to go to the championship and not win a championship at the same time, you know? Um Where's Kyle Busch been for the second half of the season? What's he been doing? I mean, did he just give up? I don't know. Uh, what Whatever happened to those rumors? Um, weren't there rumors that he cheated on his wife or something? I mean, I don't just want to sp- spread, like, clearly false rumors because I never heard anything else about it. But there was definitely some rumors recently about um, some bombshell coming out about Kyle Busch cheating on Samantha. Um, which would be just totally unfortunate, you know, that's, that's awful, that's never good, but all I'm saying is, my point is, like, is there something going on with Kyle Busch, you know, um, in his personal life that's, that's leading to him in the second half of the season, because it just doesn't add up, it's not like him at all, um, that being said, you know, it's hard to count him out of anything, but I'm gonna go with Denny Hamlin, I'm gonna go with Denny Hamlin, after that, I would be cool with, uh, Martin Truex Jr., because nobody hates Martin Truex Jr. The guy's so nice. Um, and then, you know, the last person I want to see win is Kevin Harvick. I think everybody that listens to this podcast knows I don't like Kevin Harvick. I think he's a punk. Um, and I would hate to watch him actually win a championship. But, you know, at the end of the day, the guy's the guy wins a lot, you know. Um, that old son of a bitch, he, he wins a lot. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. It'd be unfortunate, but it wouldn't surprise me. So, like I said, this is going to be a short episode because I'm like halfway passing out as I'm just talking. Uh, I'm just getting tired um, from this. And one last thing I wanted to mention before I left was I got asked a pretty pretty interesting question on Twitter. And this question came from Steve Waldrop. Um, I don't know how you pronounce that. Waldrop? 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 I don't know, Steve. Tweet at me if you're listening to this. <laughs> Tell me how to pronounce your name. Um, and it's at WaldropSK. Um, you know, just looking at his bio, he's a Cowboys fan and a Stars fan and a Spurs fan and a Longhorns fan. And he lives in Chicago. Steve, you got to come on my podcast and talk to me. Number one, I hate pretty much all the teams that you like. Um, but it sounds like you're, I'm going to guess you're from Dallas, I imagine. And you're just now living in Chicago. Uh, I'm cool with Chase Elliott, though. So that's your driver. Cool with that, man. Um, anyway, Steve had a really great question for me. He said, uh, should stages be eliminated from the championship race? And 
you know, usually on Twitter I'm kind of a smart ass or I'm an asshole or no, I'm real opinionated just like anybody else on Twitter. But that one kind of I had to stop and think about, and I was like, huh, what you know, what would that be like without stages in the championship race? And I understand uh, the purpose of stages in the season. And I, I, I understand a lot of people don't like stages, mostly like race purists. They don't like stages, and I understand it. Because, you know, people's arguments will be like, uh, you know, there's no reason to reward somebody halfway through the fucking race. And they got a good point there. It's like, why are we, you know, awarding someone halfway through a race? Uh, but at the same time, I think if we didn't have a playoff system, and if there were no stages, you know, let's just go back to the way it was. I think people would be less interested than they are now, to be completely honest, uh, because I think we would have Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano every single week, you know, 50 laps up on everybody else, and it just wouldn't be fun. And maybe I'm wrong here, but I think that's why they do stages. And if the, you know, maybe there's an argument to be made somewhere there that, you know, there needs to be a spending cap or something like that to, you know, level out the playing field a little bit more. Um, totally willing to listen to all those arguments too. I'm totally on board with that as well. That's a huge problem right now in NASCAR, in my opinion. Um, but kind of like college football, if you think about it, you know, it's kind of like we see the same teams every single year competing for the championship. And where the hell is the Mac? You know, the Mac is supposed to be in the same subdivision as the SEC, right? It's all supposed to be the FBS, as they, you know, quote unquote. Versus the FCS. So the FBS, you have the MAC and Sunbelt and Conference USA, and they're supposed to be on the same level playing field as the SEC and the, the Big Ten and the ACC. Like, I'm sorry, no. Just let's, you know, anyway, that's a discussion for another time. But similar to that in NASCAR, you know, there's clearly a divide between who's actually competing every week. So I understand the point for stage racing. you got to kind of keep it closer um, for these long, you know, 500-mile races. But what's the point of stages for the championship race? And I think that's a pretty good point. What is the point for it? You know, because in stages, um, you, you are awarded uh, playoff points for stage wins. But in the championship, clearly that means nothing. So I guess the only argument would be just to kind of keep the, the racing close. Yeah, I guess that's the only argument. You just you'd want to keep the uh, the racing tighter and not have whoever's in the lead, you know, twenty laps ahead of the next guy. And uh, I, you know, clearly, I'm just thinking about this as I'm recording the podcast. I haven't put much thought into this at all. If you can't tell, this is kind of how my podcast is. I just hop on the mic and talk about what I think. But you know, I would be totally open to this. I'd be totally open to this. I think that would be actually a pretty fun and exciting thing because you know what? A lot of, like I said, a lot of race purists want to do away with stages completely. And like I said, I, I understand their point. I think in a lot of things, if you're starting to have problems and issues and people aren't interested, you, you know, a lot of the problems kind of stem from you trying to change things too much, I think. If you take it back to the original more and more, um, you know, people would probably uh, tend to like it more. So maybe, maybe there's something 
there with that as well. So this could be a thing. This could be a way to kind of please everybody. You know, go to. Uh, I understand. You know, they're going to start moving the championship race. I wouldn't have it at a super speedway personally, um, especially without stages. But well, I guess because they don't use plates anymore. Yeah, that would, that's a tough one. But I think this could be a fun way to like test it out. Test it out, you know. Uh, take away the stages and just run the championship wide open and let's see. Let's see how it goes. Maybe it is more exciting. Hell, I don't know. Um, but I really liked that question and that, you know, made me just start to think. So thanks, Steve, for that question. And I'm going to have to have you on the podcast sometime, man. I know we've uh, gone back and forth on Twitter a bit. Uh, and I like a lot of your takes on NASCAR. So, Steve, DM me, and we'll set something up. But, everybody else, thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoy this championship weekend. I know I sure will. And I'll see you again next week. Peace. It was straight shot. All it took was love to not get caught. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.